0: Hey guys, TJ here. I think you're going to really resonate with this Q&A that we did with Elizabeth Dowen. Uh, Liz is a a friend, a client uh, we've been working with and she has really valuable perspective. Everybody we're working with has incredibly valuable perspective. I just thought of her for this specific topic just because she, frankly, she just articulated what I think a lot of people are feeling. And so when I was kind of going through In my mind, I was going through. I was like, "Man, who would be a good person to kind of share what people need to hear?" Um, She came to mind because um, she actually used the words that are the title of this uh, session. She used the words, "I want to build a life that I don't want a vacation from," and even though I I really love the work that I do, I I feel like there's something more, and I want to connect to. I want to connect to that, and so if. That's resonating with you. There's a lot to take away from this. I think you'll find um, one thing in particular that she says, uh, and I kind of summarize it at the end. But I think you'll find that being incredibly helpful. I wrote it down. It's language I want to actually use when speaking with people uh, because it really, really kind of gets to the core of what we see a lot of people needing, and uh, and and Liz does a great job making it practical in this episode. So. I appreciate you guys for being here. Um, We do, you know, dive deep into some core beliefs. We also do touch on the practicals. Um, We cover a range of things. Uh, So I would encourage you to to listen to the end because there are some really important questions. Um, Whether you're going through, you know, personal kind of hardship or, uh, you know, maybe it's in your faith journey. We're covering some of that in this, in this story, and, and Liz shares a little bit from her story. and really encouraged to do, she's got something super powerful that she shares at the end uh, that will really encourage you and, and help you, especially if you've uh, lived a great life but maybe experienced some pain and are trying to kind of move on from that without just having to sit in your emotions all day. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. If you get value, please leave a rating or review. Um, share it with a friend who might benefit. And uh, if you ever want to talk about the bootcamp, you'll hear us talk about the bootcamp. If you ever want to talk about that, you can always reach out to us. Go to tjloffler.com and uh, everything you need to know will be there. You can find me on Instagram or other places and we'll connect you with somebody on the team and we can just chat and um, see what's next. But thanks for being here. I appreciate you. We're just going to get started. So Liz, I just want to introduce you very quickly. Uh, Miss Elizabeth Dowen has... uh, blessed us with her presence. Thank you for being here.
1: You bet. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is good. We're, what I wanted to do in the topic of today is, you know, very authentic Q&A. Um, I picked this topic actually based on something that you said. So I, I thought, well, if you said it, there's nothing better to talk about because it came out Yikes, of your what mouth. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's well it and you might not have caught this but the title of this q a was how to build a life you don't want a vacation from even when you love the work you do and that was actually something that you said whether you remember it or not that was something that you said back way back when you were completing your your initial kind of like questions coming into boot camp and when i was reading that i was reflecting and i was like wow that that is well, first of all, you're in p r so you know how to use words to actually describe things you know <laughs> but but I thought it Which was like, probably
1: wow. why I was so concerned about q and a
0: because because yeah. you don't want to overthink you know how you're how you actually feel and that's that's the thing that I want to get to today that's what I want to get to today is actually just like even we'll di- we'll dig into a few things, and by the way, if you're watching like haven't haven't prepped Liz on anything, uh, haven't given her any kind of like script or agenda other than, hey, I really think people would benefit from hearing your perspective and story on this specific topic. And I have a few things in mind that we could talk about, but we'll just kind of go wherever, wherever I really feel like we're led in conversation. And if if I really do sense like Holy Spirit highlighting something, um, we'll go that direction. But the idea of building a life you don't want to vacation from, I think a lot of people resonate with. And I think a lot of people resonate with the idea that, because I added, even if you love the work you do, or even if you realize you have a, a great life, but there's something that's not right. So if we were to maybe just pause right there before we dig in any further, if we were to pause right there, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I was commenting before we started on the, uh, on the beautiful color background you have and how it just suits you so well. But maybe we start with that. Where are you? and uh, in the world right now.
1: yeah, let's start there. so welcome to my childhood bedroom in <laughs> Fisher's, Indiana, where I am originally from. Um, I am originally from Indiana. I went to school at Indiana University, had the Big Ten crazy experience and um, I had a journalism degree so I wanted to take that and run to a big city. so I applied to everything under the Sun and landed in Chicago for about a year and a half and Then I wanted to be in New York and be where the media were and with all the journalists. And so I've been in New York for the past seven years working um, primarily at PR agencies, moving around the block on that side of things, but then went in-house for a minute and then back to agency life I go. So it's been, I I guess I should also mention it's primarily tech. So it's fast and furious and I'm constantly learning something new. but I absolutely love it.
0: Yeah, so you love, I mean, first of all, that that's a rarity in and of itself, that you, you're in a career or a lane, they actually love what you do. Now, very quickly, like, was there ever a point in that process where you were maybe questioning whether this was the path for you, just career-wise, not, nothing else, just career-wise, whether this was the path for you?
1: Um, I wouldn't say I questioned it, but people questioned it for me. So when I was in Chicago, Uh, My first job out of college as a 22-year-old, I was actually fired. Um, And my manager slash performance champion at the time told me to pick a new industry. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, what do you mean? And I said, no, I'd rather not. And I had three months left on my lease. And I said, you know, I think at the time I wasn't following God and I wasn't going to church regularly and it felt like a window for me to pivot to New York easily, and I did, and quite honestly, I think it was straight from God, because I took a 180 in my faith, and in my career, and it it threw me into tech PR, which I absolutely love, instead of food, so, you know, I think even if a door closes, something else opens, and you'll see that your path is meant to be in that direction.
0: Mm. Yeah, and maybe, maybe I don't want to digress too much, um, but Even just the idea of, well, you made decisions without God, and then you started developing relationship with God. We're not talking religion, but relationship, true, genuine relationship with God. Now, did you ever, as you started to develop that relationship with God and include him in decisions, did you ever start to maybe face a lot of hesitation, even when it came to your career and the lane that you're in now as to whether this was right, whether it's not right, or second guessing? Um I,
1: I mean, I will say the work is hard and sometimes it's unforgiving, but I've never questioned whether I should be in this field hmm. yeah it's yeah. good.
0: I mean, I can't say the same for everybody who is watching or even myself like the the path is not linear is I guess how I'll describe it
1: and and i I guess I should say I have worked there have been certain moments in my career where i'm like wow this is like i'm burning out i i can't do this anymore and you've got to take a step back recalibrate and come back to the to the drawing board and you get there um for me that would be more of a the statement that i would follow
0: yeah no that's yeah. good there's there's a recalibration that needs to happen that's natural no matter whether you feel like you're in the lane or not in the lane, that recalibration is a part of the process. I think people need to realize that for themselves because I think the, especially when you start including God in your decisions and hearing God's voice, I think people can really like psych themselves out. Like, oh, I can't move unless I hear from God about blank. And it's like, actually, sometimes action creates clarity and knowing he's with you is like the thing. Knowing yeah. he's with you is the thing.
1: And I guess I've also been on that side of the camp where I'll go into an interview and I'll be like, well, God, if this is your meant to be, then you're going to provide the perfect words and it's going to be a seamless interview. And we get to a certain phase and then the door closes and you're like, well, I guess it's not meant to be. Mm. Same time. I, I also think that it's, I learned, over the last couple of months that you also have to follow your own intention and what brings you joy, because those joys are also godly. And I've never allowed my I don't think I've allowed myself to truly enjoy that happiness because I've been waiting for that.
0: That right there, let's talk about this very quickly because one of the things that was a a descriptor and what I was hoping people would be able to walk away with was if you've ever felt like you were forcing joy. Come hear Liz's perspective on how that shift has, uh, on what shift took place and how that actually helped her have a new uh, maybe approach just in terms of how she experiences her life on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I think that that's a really good next point for people to kind of hear, but I don't hear many people talking about this in an authentic way of this idea of like, Hey, to the world, and just the picture you're painting right now, and it is accurate, like you've done well, you've gone through hard stuff. I mean, we haven't touched on personal stuff, but just even professionally, I mean, getting getting fired early and saying, no, I'm going to actually recommit to this, the same path, um, and then having to face some adversity in, in a number of ways there. We haven't talked about personal stuff, but you've gone through some adversity, and that's all I'll say for now. And at the same time, you've had this really and you do, you have a positive attitude, you have a a joyful outlook, like that is who you are, right? But one of the things you described to me, even as, you know, we were on one of our first calls, and, and just kind of like getting to know more about you and your story, was this feeling of forced joy. And like, there was maybe a disconnect between how you were behaving, and what you were feeling. And I know for a fact that you're not the only person who's ever experienced that. However, I also know you've done inner, inner healing, the counseling and all these other things where people go to do the inner work and you know myself I've done I've done the, the years of counseling, I've done a lot of the inner healing. I've gone through that experience myself. And I know some people end up at a point where they're like but something's still missing. Like I should be able to resolve this through those things that I'm working on. And so my question my question to you would be you know, when did you first start becoming really aware of that disconnect between how you were behaving and how you were feeling? And then maybe we can take it a step further from there and just kind of dig into like, okay, well, what were you doing to try and resolve that, address that? And then maybe what really helped you, um, you know, take the next step in that process?
1: Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is probably right. So I'm going to start with my people-pleasing tendencies. So, especially as I was starting the boot camp and for years prior, um, I would constantly just be the light in the room, but also make sure I was a bridge to everyone else's happiness. And I would just take on those things and whatever needed to be picked up, I would certainly like create that bridge just to ensure that they they had happiness. And I was just depleting myself. Um, in the process. So I would say that that was the biggest point for me. Um, one of the bigger things that I took away from the first weeks that we had um, boot camp, but on the same token, like if you're filling everyone else up, your joy is certainly depleted. I've mentioned that. but um, I think focusing on myself first and able to give myself a, a morning and truly, do things that bring me joy, I'm able to pour myself so much more authentically into others throughout the day and able to say no to certain things because it's not going to give me joy and it's not going to bring me um, to the place that I want to be at currently. And I think that empowerment actually brought more authentic joy in the process as well. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's break this down further. It's So good. So you're talking about <laughs> the difference between forced joy and authentic joy. Right. Yeah. And it's not to say that you can't have a, a, an attitude and outlook that even if you don't feel it, you can choose it. Right. Because that's, that's true in life. There are things that we don't feel like sometimes I don't feel God's love. I can still choose it. Right. Cause love is, is not necessarily a feeling. It's also a choice, right? So it's a feeling and a choice. And that's really important to make that distinction that it's not bad that if you, you, to choose joy is not bad, but to not feel it, that's like, and the best way I had this described to me was that's as if, for example, in the love example, my, my wife, like I can choose to love my wife and she can choose to love me. But like, if I uh, bring her flowers out of choosing to love her and her choosing to love me, but she never feels the love, like is that really healthy? Is that you know a healthy relationship to actually not feel what you're choosing ever? And there are seasons and times where you won't feel that and that's okay, understood. But it's important to know that those two things do go together. Choosing and feeling are two important things. And what I'm hearing is like, you realized, wow, I can choose it, but I also see the value of feeling it and I want that in my life. And one of the ways that I can have that is actually, and this is a key word, and I don't know um, how this will resonate with everybody listening, but the key word that I got from that was, I could actually trust that desires that God has put in in my life are, are healthy, good desires for me to pursue, and that it's okay if I prioritize doing something for me to help me be in the best place to then offer my life to others. And is that, would you say those those kinds of words to summarize what you were describing are accurate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, as you said, there are seasons. So there, there are seasons where you have to come together and make sure that everyone in the family, friends are okay. Um, but definitely there, there's a season of trust. And I think whatever, like I have inner joy inherently in my nature clearly from the bedroom wall like this girl has always been this way but to truly find it and foster that um and it just exudes like that's nice it's it's not an act it's not an act but it's also not um a forced happy face that no one truly wants to see in the room
0: yeah yeah, the forced happy face—the disingenuous nature of a forced happy face—is hard for That's everybody. That's nice word for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for everybody. Um, now, let me let me ask a couple more questions, but before I do this, this one was actually really good—a really good question um, from Reed. He said, "If things in your career were going well, what inspired you to seek some sort of guidance for?" Change, i.e., and I mean, we've mentioned the boot camp. If somebody's watching, they might not know what that is. That's our eight-week program, um, where people are coming in, understanding more about their God-given identity, purpose, priorities, and um, really addressing like core, core, core level, root level beliefs in their mindset that change perspective and ultimately help them live a new legacy. So the question, back to the question, is just the idea of you know what inspired you to seek guidance for change in your life, given things were going well.
1: Right, going well. Um, I dove headfirst into my career, especially during the pandemic, um, and it was awesome for a while, and especially when I was home, and that's all I could focus on, and I would just go for my my run every every day, and I would have my work, and that was it. I was like, life is missing a whole lot. Um, I should also say that right before the pandemic hit, I just got out of a two and a half year relationship. So that would be the catalyst for all of this. Um, Right. This winter being in New York in my teeny tiny apartment with all my thoughts just swirling, it made for a fun um, atmosphere of just sitting and trying to navigate the clutter that was in my brain. Um, So going into boot camp, I really just wanted to figure that out. And um analyze some patterns that I was noticing in my life and how I can address them so when I I actually connected with TJ probably a year and a half two years ago um and then I finally was like I gotta make this step what do I need to do um yeah then I talked to Kat and I was like I'm sold (laughs) this is amazing well, I, I and, said three words, and she she read my soul,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think and you know there's that understanding too, when you've kind of walked through not your life, but an experience of like, oh, I'm on that awakening, I'm on that journey of awareness, I'm on that journey of transition, and I recognize something uh you know might need some more alignment. I think when you're on that journey and somebody else or you've been on that journey and you see somebody else on that journey, it's kind of um. One, hard to find. And two, uh, therefore, I think, very easily to identify, hey, like let me let me see if I'm hearing you right. <laughs> Is this actually what you're saying? And it's like, gosh, I wish somebody else in my life could read that so quickly, but unless you've been on that journey, it's really hard to articulate. Because of what I'm hearing you say, there's a lot of clutter. There's a lot of clutter that comes up when and here's what I heard. You experience, and this might be a strong word, but loss. When you experience loss and it starts to create more recognition of loss we've experienced in our lives. And if we, if we, for example, loss, loss could be a simple like loss of of connection to my own personal life because I dove headfirst into work. That could be loss, right? Or relationship and idea, hope, dream of something. That could be loss. Obviously, losing a loved one is loss. You know, there's a number of things. But this last during the pandemic, I think a lot of people, (laughs) I know a lot of people experience loss. Yes. Yeah. And so I think people need to understand what it means to kind of like process that loss without um, and this is something that you've said. And I want to kind of ask a couple of questions about it. But you said something to the effect of like, I don't just want to sit in my feelings though. You know, it was like, I I recognize I want to declutter. I want to get clear. I I want to get alignment. I want to maybe get some practical changes that I'm looking for, but really it's here and connecting my my mind, my heart, and aligning that with God. But the thing that I know that you were very hyper aware of and sensitive to is you're like, you know, I just don't want to sit in my feelings though. You know, so how does somebody who kind of appreciates that comment, Uh, go about, how does that person go about doing that very thing? How do they go about processing some of these things without just sitting in the mess of their emotions, for example?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I have a great visual in my head from my alone time in New York, but I won't get into that. Um, I would say that there are a few things. Taking care of yourself is one. So starting your morning, having that routine but then also taking control of those thoughts and being hyper aware of when you start to spiral. Um, I like to think and analyze a whole lot and make sure that everything comes out crystal clear. Um, Not everything has to be like that. And your intuition was created for a reason as well. So trusting that, but also having sort of a, a method in place if you do go through that so one example comes to mind when I was in LA I had a few lies that were just like ho- holding on to me and I was just it felt dark and there was something happening and I just took control of those immediately actually listened to your podcast funny enough about breaking lies and I just put that on replay and I walked through the neighborhood and I just broke off those lies um, and I think that in and of itself, you just sitting with God and working through that, and truly hearing Him, or maybe not hearing Him, because half and half. Yeah, <laughs> it um, really settles my soul, um, and also finding those things that settle your soul. So going on a run is my big thing, and I'm in New York, I run across Brooklyn Bridge every morning. And if I do that, it's been a good day. Um, I think it's you. You got to find your balance.
0: I just took a note because what you just told me, we just told everybody, was super powerful. I love that Noel left a link to the, pod, to the podcast super quick. Noel. <laughs> You're so <I> good. <laughs> Noel's on the team helping us moderate with some of the questions and just in the chat. And I appreciate that, Noel. Um, but one of the things that you said was uh, things that settle your soul things that settle your soul. And if I were to like, take away just one thing from this entire, you know, conversation thus far, if somebody is listening and you were to take away just one thing, if you can become aware of things that settle your soul, your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. And all of that is connected to your body because your body physiologically, it means in your hormones that has a deep, integral part in the way that we're wired to our emotions so fear and the hormones related to the hormones of cortisol and adrenaline those are connected so it's not just your mind and emotions you actually have to take care of your body to help have some better authority over your soul and in doing that uh, you have to be able to understand the things that settle your soul and so I, I got a, a few things out of that One is the rhythms and taking care of yourself so your body is in the best place. Two, then number two, be able to take authority over those thoughts in your mind at the soul level so that you can understand how to really allow yourself to live more settled. And, you know, one of the things that we start people off with in the boot camp is a three by three to help them establish those rhythms without overthinking you know, hey, don't start a two and a half hour morning routine. (laughs) Please don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Do the small things and do them consistently. And that's just your foundational level so that you can actually do the real things you want to do, which is have the awareness and capacity to be able to say, oh, that thought actually has no authority. That thought is an agreement that I've made and that has no authority over me. And it's a lie because it steals, kills, or destroys Things in my life. And that's how I know it's a lie, right? And that's the mission of the enemy. And the truth sets you free. The truth, and that's true freedom. It's not something that is uh, that false freedom, which ends up being something that you think you want, but ultimately not what you need. That's false freedom, right? It always ends up stealing, killing, and destroying if it's a lie. There's a lot of false freedom out there, but the truth sets you free. And so if you're picking up what I'm saying, if you're hearing what this is saying, it's understanding how to align yourself with truth, okay? so that you're able to uh, live free here. Not necessarily here, freedom by the world standards. And a lot of people say financially free, but it's actually free here, right? This is where real freedom starts. It starts in here and you have to understand your authority. The last part though, I want to ask a couple of questions about is trusting your intuition. And this was back to actually trusting desires. And this is really hard for people, especially when it comes to God. Because, look, we have the flesh, some people call it the ego, our sinful nature, this is what the flesh is, then we have the spirit, right? And we can only live by the flesh or live by the spirit, it's mutually exclusive, you can't live by the flesh and be living by the spirit at the same time, I could do maybe two in the same day, with a double mind, but I can't do two at the same time, I'm either living by the spirit or I'm living by the flesh. And when you say trusting your intuition, this is really hard for people, because One, and I wasn't aware of how to even like articulate, what does it mean to live by the spirit versus live by the flesh? And then two, if you're not receiving full forgiveness for having lived by the flesh, then you're going to deny yourself anything that actually might be of the spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah. I just have a question about how did you what was the the realization? What was the thing that helped you realize um decide that like desires that you have are good and healthy?
1: I feel like that was through a bit of our healing session within boot camp. I think that I can say on a surface level, my intuition, because I, because my intuition took me to New York, I feel like a bit more at peace with where my thoughts go and my decisions, because I feel like there's a a bit of a godly lens there already. Um, But it wasn't until boot camp, when I was Trying to work through all of these things that we would, we sat down and we prayed about it and we invited God into the conversation, and he, I felt like a sense of peace and relief from understanding that He created me this way, and these desires of my heart. I I was looking through my journal last night, and um, one of the visions that I pulled out was the house. Do you remember that? So. I asked, "What is a desire of your heart?" And in my mind, I saw a house. We went a little further, and it's like, "No, no, God doesn't want you to just have the house. He wants you to have the family, and the dog, and the and the white picket fence, and all of it. Like it's it's good. You can you can lean into that vision wholeheartedly, and that felt that resonated with me so deeply because we that felt very surface level, and of course, it's way beyond, Way beyond that.
0: So what I'm hearing is it's actually time in the presence of God that allowed you to actually trust some of the things that were on your heart, regardless of the outcome. More about the deposit, right? Not the return on investment seen in full fruition. It's not like you wake up and you're like, I have a house, I have a white picket fence, the family, this and that, the other. It's not about the outcome, but it's more about the deposit that He placed. And He's like, Hey, but that's okay. And so what I'm hearing is you in the presence of God really just, and what I always come back to is it's environment, like having the healthy environment you need to feel like, okay, I'm safe, not judged and can really just kind of go there without feeling like I'm striving. Right. Without feeling like I'm striving to go there. Like, God, I want you, what I would say is it's an attitude of being open to receive like, Lord, I don't, I don't have any preconceived judgment as much as possible about what you're gonna share with me. So just whatever you wanna share, I'm here listening. If it's no house, no family, none of that, I'm here listening. If it's, you know, whatever I've dreamed of since I was a little girl, I'm here listening. I think it really, if I'm kinda taking that a step further, I think it's really just like, you know, thinking about the, the attitude, people call it posture of your heart, but I call it attitude or your intention when you come to God, it's like, I'm not, I'm not saying, give me this. I'm saying I'm open. Right. Right. Um, And then in healthy spirituality too, just to encourage people so that anyone listening can understand the kind of next step, We always say like what you hear in the spirit, you want to confirm in scripture. And so, you know, spirit is spontaneity scriptures order and the two really go together. So, what you're hearing in the spirit, or what you know, Liz was talking about, and hearing in the spirit or vision, or kind of like like an image, a picture, you know, our encouragement is like, hey, receive with an open hand, take it to God and ask for scripture that he might want to highlight to you to help refine what you believed you've perceived in this time together. And so I want to encourage people to do that because that is a huge part of that process. Um, Now, really quickly, I want to ask the practicals behind that, Liz. And if there's anything coming up for you, I want to leave that open too. But I just wanted to pause and just anybody watching, if you guys have any questions, as it relates to dreams, desires, trust, trusting God, trusting yourself, um, reconnecting with yourself, um, any of those questions, anything else that we're talking about, I want to uh, just let you guys know if you're watching live, feel free to leave a question so that we can answer that. And Liz, just, you know, out of curiosity for you, was there anything as far as, you know, God highlighting that to you? Was there anything further that clarified, uh, brought order to what you felt like you might have heard in your spirit?
1: You know, I think that What we talked about earlier about how I've gotten done inner healing and I've done so though, and I've received so many incredible prophetic visions in my life, but I'll have the session. And then a few months later, I'm like back to the same pattern. I think one thing that was highlighted to me throughout these last few months is just the intense awareness that you have to have and you have to live your life to be so present and listening to God and understanding what he wants and submitting yourself um, fully to his plan and diving wholeheartedly into whatever it is in front of you, um, what your mind, your body, soul, work, whatever it is that he's given to you. Um, to me, that's that's one of the big things. Like I, several years ago, I had a prophetic vision of like, God taking my brain, it's like a swim cap, which is pretty gross, but also was a competitive swimmer growing up. So like was a weird vision for someone to even have on, over my life. And they were rewiring my brain um, to think about things differently. And I think that was years ago, clearly it didn't, I wasn't there fully. Um, but now I, I feel like I've, I understand that vision to a T because there's, there's so much that you need to just pay attention to.
0: Yeah, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's what the Bible tells us to be is to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In order to do that, you have to submit your mind. And the word is surrender. People don't know what to surrender though. They say, oh, I surrender my life. Do you know what that means? Surrender your beliefs, surrender your behaviors, surrender your patterns, surrender how you've done things, really. Um, It might be surrendering relationships, your dreams, right? And it's not to empty yourself, but it's actually to make an exchange. And we're talking about, you know, when I'm saying God, I'm talking about Jesus of the Bible is what we're talking about in this conversation. And when Liz is talking about prophetic, she's not talking about fortune telling. She's talking about encouragement, strengthening that is given by God to build up the body of Christ. And so when these things are given to us, you know, what's interesting, Liz, you talked about it years ago, right? You said, "Well, this is something I received years ago, and you saw that come into fruition over time." A lot of times, what I found is that we have to really trust God for what He says in the time, and not necessarily like that. It doesn't always come with like a three-step action plan,
1: right? I will. Wouldn't that be nice?
0: <laughs> Although we try and implement every kind of action plan out of some of those, out of some of those realizations, it doesn't. It just doesn't come with that three-step a- step action plan. Um, But I do have a practical question as it relates to that. You know, we're talking about some of this rewiring that happened in you used healing session. Healing is really the first part of getting healthy, right? First four letters of healthy are heal. And so when you're going through healing, you're getting healthy. And that could be in your mind, your heart, your body, whatever it might be. And so when you're talking about getting healthy in your mind, right, what were some practicals that maybe came out of that time that came out of. You talk about okay in the boot camp, there was one maybe a breakout session where it was like I had this realization or God spoke to me in this way. What was maybe one practical that you started to see or connect the dots with in your real life day to day?
1: Like a pattern that I noticed. Oof. say one that comes to mind is like a stereotype of being a woman in tech Um, and how my growing up I had a certain in my mind I had a certain image of what beauty looked like that was placed on me by certain individuals and not only beauty I kind of suppressed that image to try to become Go into become this woman in tech that in my mind made sense. Um I don't know if you're following me here, but let me try to land this. Um, I feel like I noticed these things that were from my childhood that I was bringing into this adult life of mine as 30 year old, and I'm like, who is that little girl is no longer here. She grew up, so these beliefs and these mentalities need to grow with it. Um, and I saw that. Play out time and time again in different ways, just from that acute awareness of where I'm at.
0: You nailed it. And what you said is I had a heightened level of awareness that allowed me to connect the dots between how I was thinking and how I was behaving, and thereby be able to make sustainable or more sustainable changes because I was getting to the root of why I was behaving a certain way and changing that way of thinking. And you're talking about identity level stuff here. Like we're not talking about, I know you said a woman in tech and PR and like, but we're talking about like really deep, who do you believe you are? How do you see yourself? That's identity for real life. How do you see yourself? Right. And what you're describing to people who are listening is essentially you had a reevaluation of how you saw yourself every single day. And because you were taking thoughts captive in tune and really trying to connect with God rather than just showing up to a church on Sunday which I'm not speaking down upon that but I'm saying you're it's like this is a life this is like an everyday thing where I'm living by the spirit right or not and so you were really taking personal responsibility for that by raising that level of awareness and and saying no I actually choose to not come into agreement with the lie that was leading me to strive to become this person, this image to, as something you mentioned earlier, people, please, or whatever it might be. Uh, And instead, my question would be, well, then who did you try to become? What were some changes in your practical behaviors as you realized, I'm not going to live from that place of trying to be this identity? I
1: think it was just being comfortable in my own skin again. I, I like threw my hair up in a, in a bun every day and just like tried to be like this stoic human. That clearly is not me. Um, (laughs) And I think now that I'm able to just like truly just let loose a little bit. um, And yeah, I just, when I had that realization, I was on the phone with Tyler at the time and I was going down, Crazy fast. He was like, "You're like connecting all the dots, real fast, real far." Um, and I think practically it's just like truly just being joyful and embracing who I am authentically and being comfortable in my skin, no matter what I put on. I now wear like my bright pink dress in New York City, and everyone looks at me like I'm crazy because I'm not wearing black. You know, like I am truly just living out my best life and whatever I, I want to truly be. Um, that would be the most practical form.
0: Yeah, it's good. I mean, literally changing the clothes you're wearing back to be, like, no, this is me. Yeah. Like this is, who, <laughs> this is who God made me to be. My bedroom color was this when I was growing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, still this. that brightly colored Indiana gal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's who it is. I love it. Um, just a couple more. And, and before I dig into one thing that I think will really help people Uh, it is a little bit more personal just around like church, church hurt is the best way I'll describe it. And somebody who's gone through that and maybe how, as you've navigated some of that yourself in your own life, because that really keeps people from connecting with God and seeing his perspective because they're trying to find their relationship with Jesus through somebody else. And then they're disappointed because everybody fails in any way. So I think there's really a, a, I want to touch on there but is there anything this through this conversation that you're like no no this is coming up for me I want to share this because because I feel like somebody watching or listening might need to hear it and it doesn't have to be but I just wanted to leave that open for you
1: I think talking about church hurt when we went through that during boot camp it wasn't really talking about church hurt it was talking about the pattern of red flag that I had ignored with my I think it was called like my Disney syndrome everything was just like perfect and great until the park closes and you're like what happened um it's really good to have that acute awareness and take control of these flags that you're seeing and church hurt it's not I, I think that well, we're all human, only God is perfect, and I think at the end of the day, um, you've got to take everything and take it back to him, and have your own personal relationship um, every day out, even outside of Sunday. Sunday is great, it's awesome to have community, but when you're able to truly be in community with God, and he's on your shoulder every day, that's, So much bigger than the relationship that you have on Sunday Um, I would say even though I'm still navigating even what church looks like right now personally um and I I am just floating on the stream but I feel more in tune with what he's doing and where he wants me to go now because I'm connecting with him through each of my decisions and just surrendering surrendering through it all not you should not go to church.
0: Yes, no, hundred, big, absolutely fans. not. Not we're not putting <laughs> a uh, kibosh on like the institution of something that you know, sure, like anything in our human hands, collective, one hundred percent of people are susceptible to it. Is it's all susceptible to our own failure, whether we desire that or not. It's all susceptible to it. And I will be the first to tell you, I can anything where God is involved, the enemy, like true, true God is involved enemies got it under a mission to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. And God came to give life, give life abundantly. So, you know, I know that people and groups and all of that are under attack, but we really want to encourage people to be healthy. And that includes healthy spirituality, right? That includes healthy spirituality. Um, That includes emotional health. And a lot of um, groups, organizations, companies, Churches, all—I mean, all—all all kinds of things—are missing the the mark on emotional health. But I think a lot of the world is starting to realize that, which is good. Um, and that conversation's coming up, which is good. But I think what you're saying was, which I love, and um, even Noelle and I—again, Noelle's moderating and she's on the team and helps with a lot of the strategy and and how we're able to really like connect with people like you, Liz, and um, and you know, just find people that we can. Uh, grow with. It's like one of the things we talked about is the idea of personal responsibility, and how people who really have a successful experience with us, but also in life, are people who desire to take personal responsibility for what is within their true ownership, and are also in that process willing to let go of what not is what is not actually within their control. And I think what you just told me is exactly that. What you just told people who are watching is exactly that. It's like, hey, being hurt from your from a church experience where somebody might have disappointed you or maybe people disappointed you or there was something that was just genuinely wrong. It's like I literally can't control that. But I can control my personal relationship with God in terms of my own direction of energy and attention. And I love how out of that experience for you, because I've had my own experience, but your takeaway was like, actually, I'm really just engaging with God more on a day to day basis, and it's like that's the that's what we need to do anyway. (laughs) Like that as a lifestyle is what I desire to live. That changed life anyway. Um,
1: If I can also say everything you're you're saying right now about church hurt and about everything that's in your control and out of your control can also apply to the workplace. Like there are plenty of situations where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna bang my head against the door. What do we need to do? It's out of your control. Um, and you no, know, realizing that and moving forward is so huge. <laughs> and only will make or break your day. And don't worry, there are plenty of days where I break. So like, if I'm, no one's perfect. But um, I think if, if that mentality works across the
0: board. Yeah, back to the point of it's a pattern. It's not the thing. It's the thing before the thing. Right. Right. It's, a, it's something, there's something deeper to be observed. And with curiosity, we can learn. I have another question here. I know we're, we're going to close soon. Um, so I'm mindful of that and mindful of the time. But the question was, if connecting with God is a matter of personal responsibility, what role does church play in having a connection with God? Let's all leave that with you for now. I think the answer is the Bible will reveal truth if you believe the Bible to be true. Um, but what's your initial response?
1: I think it's community. I think for me, the church was the one place that I had. Christian followers that I could lean on. When I first went to New York, I was training for a marathon. So I had just like the Nike runner club and that was all I got. Um, and then when I started going to church, I actually had people that could like pour into me and that positive way every Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Hey, um, for me, it was that, um, it's yeah. I miss that.
0: Yeah. And here to be real for me okay what church is is anywhere where two or two or more are gathered where the presence of God is invited this is church and it's different than somebody receiving teaching from scripture it's different than a prayer and worship set being set but it's not different in the sense that worship is acknowledging God in all we do it's not different in that church is really the body of people. And the purpose of it in community is to edify, strengthen, and encourage one another. To speak life and God-given identity to grow with one another. So I really believe, I really believe that what you're saying, you know, if we take it just that layer deeper, it's like actually when we start to see church as the people and the institution serving its role, but church as the people, we start to see church more often, right? We start to have church more often. And I think a lot of people will find relief in knowing that they don't have to schedule it uh, in order to have it, right? I think they'll find a lot more peace too.
1: I think it's also good that, I mean, there is a foundation there and a level of heart that's available to all of us in community of church. It might be different levels, but that's the beauty of it. We come together and then we learn so much more through that bond.
0: So good. Well, if we were to kind of wrap this up, we talked about a lot of great things. And one of the big takeaways was for me, uh, find things that settle your soul. If, if you want to build a life that you don't want to vacation from, even when you love your work, even you've got, even though you've got, you know, different areas of your life that you could look at. And from the outside in, you say, wow, this is great. This is great. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not connecting with the feeling. I still want to choose joy, but I want to feel different. Find things that settle your soul. That was the big takeaway for me, out of everything we talked about, Liz. And I'm actually like, I wrote that down, and I'm like, how do we use that language more? Because it really just resonates. Things that don't settle your soul are truly going to steal your peace, your joy, authentically, and then it'll be really hard to show up and and be yourself. It'll be really hard to show up and do the things that you actually love as your whole self. So, and I, we have Janet who joined late and she goes, I know, I'm late, Janet.
1: That's awesome.
0: <laughs> but, I, but I got a big takeaway. Janet's so been
1: you, through this process with me.
0: <laughs> good. I love it. You got the big takeaway. I mean, look, if you, if you don't take anything away, we always talk about absorption over consumption. Right. And if you take one thing away, that's what I would say. Now, Liz, I do want to leave it to you. Is there maybe just one thing you would share with everybody who's listening, um, you know, current or later, because there is a recording? Is there anything you'd like to share in terms of um, maybe one piece of wisdom that you lead them with? I
1: think so. My main thing in boot camp was to live authentically. Wait, am I going to
0: butcher this? (laughs) I can, it's your main thing, not mine. It's my main thing,
1: so no one knows. I'm just butchering it between the two of us. But (laughs) to live authentically, to find that inner joy. And I think to do that, you need to make decisions intentionally throughout your day, starting at the very beginning um, to get there. So whatever that truly is, in your life that will give you some sort of peace before you jump into your day. I think for me, those mornings are so crucial and create a tone for who I who I am and the, the attitude that I give to my day. So that lemon water and that run, starting with worship music, scaling to EDM, it's really fun. Um, I can't say enough great things and then I'm such a happier human throughout the day. And just find that. Of course, not everyone likes CDM or likes friends. I was just but. gonna
0: say you found it what works for you. Somebody else can buy, it. but okay. lemon water will work for you. If you're listening, lemon water, <laughs> we have a hundred percent hit rate with lemon water. It really works. <laughs> <laughs> on an empty stomach. On an empty stomach. That's amazing. So Liz, I'm I'm super, super grateful that you um you know, shared your time with us, shared your energy, your wisdom. Um, and so if you guys are listening, uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, we really, really appreciate you. And Liz, you know, just I, I want to kind of mention this just as like a, a closing thought, but I think it's very easy to believe that um, somebody who's speaking from a place of like talking about how to build a life you don't want to vacation from is they've arrived and you do such a good job of, of sharing that your arrival is the journey and the process. And I think, um, yes, you have a lot of great things going for you. But I, as we talk about, you know, the end of the bootcamp, but there's just so many other, the bootcamp is one thing. That's, that's what we're talking about. But it's just the starting point. And every day is a new starting point for us. And I think you just did a great job of helping people understand that and helping them understand the control and authority that they have in their life to live more empowered and to live that life. They don't want a vacation from. So thank you for sharing.
1: All right,
0: guys. Oh, please. Yes.
1: I I would also just say like one thing that Kat shared with me that we bonded over was not having your pain be your crown. I think to that point too, like no matter what you've gone through in life, like, He doesn't have to take hold of who you are and it doesn't have to rob you of your inner joy. We're all carrying some heavy things.
0: I have a mic drop. Uh, I have a mic right here. I'll give you the fist bump. I have a mic. I was about to pick it up and drop it. And then I realized that would be a terrible sound for everybody listening. Uh, But
1: (laughs) just give me a heads up.
0: But, but I mean, super well said, super, super well said. So Liz, thank you so much, everybody watching, listening. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Have a great evening. Awesome.
1: Bye, guys.